Welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Today is Thursday, April 7th, and this is episode 160. We're going to be talking about Moon Knight episode 2, but I do need to mention that today is the opening day of baseball. It is great to have it back. Giants playing tomorrow. Cannot wait to watch them. And also, ladies and gentlemen, it is Masters weekend, and Tiger Woods is playing. He's playing well. Maybe a little updates throughout this podcast if I see anything, but we're all rooting for Tiger here on this podcast and a glorious Masters weekend. Um, but speaking of things that are glorious, Moon Knight is glorious. We're going to talk all about this show and um, really geek out about it, talk about some like where we think it'll go, but also put it this like in perspective compared to other MCU shows and movies. and Because I think this this show is at a level that I didn't think it Disney Plus shows could maybe even get to. That's what I'll say. So, with all that said, a weirder rant, but Peter, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I mean, I'm, I respect that you're incredibly excited about the Masters and golf. I think my only experience with golf is uh, mini golf, so that's mm. the extent of my knowledge when it comes to golf. So, you know, I can... But I respect it. I respect... You just it, you said know. something good about golf, and my boy Dustin Johnson just hit a birdie. That is what we like to see, Peter. Things are doing well in Augusta. <laughs> I love Dustin Johnson. All right. Um, I kind of talked about it a little, but I want to hear your side. What are your overall thoughts on Moon Knight so far? We're two episodes in, a third of the way through the show. If you couldn't tell by my intro, I'm pretty hyped on it. Um, generally, what are your thoughts, Peter? You know, it's it's funny because I get these text messages from you always after you watch it, which is before I watch it because uh-huh. school's messed up my viewing time at the moment until I get it back on track. But it's always like these incredibly hyped text messages about how good the episode is. And I'm seeing it in class incredibly frustrated that I have not seen it yet. So then by the time it rolls around to finally watching it, it just is everything I, I want it to be. It has that... I think I talked about it last time, that just this feeling of just like joy and stuff that it gives in you when you see things come to life like yeah. it is on this show. And I think it's it's such a breath of fresh air coming off of a kind of a lull in what was going on in in a new post No Way Home World. It was it was it's a such a solid, solid show. And it's like you can, there's so many moments throughout that you're just like geeking out over, whether mm-hmm. it's the transformation, whether it's just Oscar Isaac's performance too. It's mm-hmm. like all of this is just, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's mind blowing. We're gonna try and break down on thoughts, but like obviously there's a lot that's going well here and a lot that's going on and a lot that we probably don't understand because this show is kind of a mind fuck. That's what they're going for. But Peter, I wanted to highlight one thing you said. You, you talked about how this show gives you like that sense of joy, right? And I agree. When uh, in the scene in this episode. When he goes full Moon Knight and he is running on the the building tops, jumping, chasing the jackal, and then impales the jackal on a spike. I was giddy watching it. My mouth was open. I was my arms were in the air. I, I was we talked about previous Disney Plus shows, right? Where you it's like we describe like it's really good if you can't even like check your phone. My phone's not even in the room. Like I'm not even it's like I am watching it like it's the final 15 seconds of a chargers game and it's a field goal to win it it's it's high level action unbelievable like acting too by oscar isaac and ethan hawk um and the mystery that it brings is incredible and one thing that i've kept thinking about peter is i think this may be the best thing marvel has ever done and let me explain that when we think about the best things Marvel has ever done, we'll think about Infinity War, Endgame, Spider-Man No Way Home, some big stuff like that, right? And I, I could go on. There's many, many things. I'm a huge Marvel fan. But what all of those things have, including Doctor Strange that's coming up, they have these characters that are tied to the MCU as a whole that we are so invested in the MCU because we're building to events like Thanos. And it's like... So we care about the Avengers. We care about Spider-Man. We know them so well. So going into those projects, we already have a level of intrigue because of the characters and our previous relationships with them. You know what I'm saying? But with Moon Knight, I have zero previous relationship with. I maybe have read one comic in my life where he's in it. I have a Spider-Man one. Like it's like his third or fourth 
appearance. But that's like all I have with Moon Knight. And then the fact that it has me this locked in and this into it, when it's not like Loki and I'm waiting for, oh my God, are they going to show Kang or WandaVision? Is Doctor Strange going to show up? Mephisto? This is just, I am hooked on this story. So like, this could not be, this could like, let's say, for example, this is all happening in his mind. And it's not even happening in the MCU. It's just a crazy guy. And I love it. I don't care. And I think that what that's accomplished like speaks volumes to me because obviously I care more about Spider-Man. So going into Spider-Man No Way Home, it's a lot easier to impress me. But Moon Knight, I know nothing about and they've got me caring about him so much to a level of like an Avenger. Does that make sense? 100%. I think I think you've described the experience perfectly. This show is not tied to anything like the other shows are and the other movies are, which is what makes them great also and amplifies them. But this one, because you don't have any, it's almost like when The Mandalorian came out, in a sense. Mm. To a le- Mandalorian, obviously, to a lesser extent, but it's like you yeah. have something brand new that's just bringing in a new story into the world, and you're able to really watch it unfold. You're not, like you said, waiting for something to happen or waiting to see how this fits in. If this fits in somewhere, great. If it doesn't necessarily, that's also fine. You know, this show just has this ability to really flex its its humor, its darkness, its violence, its mystery, because it's not tied to anything. And also, it's coming after we already have such a precedent of quality in the MCU. It's almost like this is what Sony's trying to do with Morbius and Venom, in a sense, where they're taking characters that aren't the main characters and trying to flesh them out into movies, but it's not working for movies. But here, because it is a Kevin Feige production, you have the nuance and care that's given to this story that allows it to stand on its own and on its rewatchability also. I feel like the only other show that I rewatched up to this point is WandaVision and now this one, whereas I'm sure I'll watch Hawkeye again at Christmas time. I'm sure Loki, once he gets closer to season two and to, you know, Multiverse Mm -hmm. of Madness. But like, this show, is there's just something special about it in the sense that... It also, in a sense, because it is coming after so many things, it has shades I recognized last night when I was watching the episodes of the humor that's in Iron Man 1, oh, and even yeah. Iron Man 2 and 3, where it's like, there was the scene with the, with the cane where he was like, don't do it, where he had that back and forth with Ethan Hawke's character that was very much reflective of what we would have heard back in Iron Man when things were not, the stakes yeah. weren't super high with the character. Mm-hmm. So here you're able to have those moments again and they feel fresh but familiar. Yeah, and I think uh, to add to that, a cool thing, because you kind of touched on this and it brought this idea to my head of, like you say how it, this could not be in the MCU and it's okay. And the fact that Kevin Feige is able to do this, I think this is huge because a lot of fans, like when you think about DC, everything they're doing is trying to build something into a way to make giant money. So they won't tell side off stories that don't add to the bigger picture really for the most part i I know the new batman kind of is different but let's just say in general everything they do is to amplify the certain universe to make as much money as possible which is what they're doing and disney in a way i'm stunned that they're allowing marvel to do this project where technically it's not really building to secret wars or a thanos type thing it's not it's just a good story and i'm glad that they have this sort of creative control to do something like this because honestly like look at how disney's handled star wars for the most part until recently they it's all towards the bigger picture they all want to make the giant money and i know that doesn't make that much sense but i'm trying to articulate it to you people um but i think it does make sense because you do have again going back to dc you've got them building out the shows that are going to live on on HBO Max, the ones that are going to be movies, the ones that how they're trying to connect the universe but like not connect it. And mm-hmm. again, they're also just using again the familiar roster of people: Batman, Batgirl, Harley Quinn. You know, it goes on. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same familiar ones. I mean, yeah, they're taking a swing with Blue Beetle eventually, but it's again, it's Ugh. it's still <laughs> it's you know it's it's not like here because here it's like. I think what they're, why they're able to also do this so well is because they're able to show top talent that we have, we've done all this stuff, 
you're you're not someone that would come into this type of world theoretically, typically, but we're offering you this role. Here's what's going to happen. Here's how it'll look. Here's what potentially happen. And that's more appealing to people to join on and why they're able to get these people of like Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac to join shows like this that are on a streaming platform. Yeah, it's this show. I mean, hopefully things just keep getting better and better, which I think they will. Um, Let's go through some of our questions. We're not going to go beat by beat because this show has so much going on that if we just summarize the episode, I don't think that's the best use of everyone's time. We'll just talk about the overarching questions we have. And again, feel free to chime in on Twitter, leave a five-star review with questions, Instagram. We'd love to talk about them because this shows we're going to be confused at some points, folks. I can guarantee that. Um, So one thing we learned in this episode, Peter, is the Mark Spector character. So Stephen Grant's other persona, maybe the original one for what, for all we know, um, he was married to this Layla girl and um, they appeared or they've spoken like about how they went on mercenary missions or digs together searching for this scarab right and um now steven is like ignoring her for months and they finally get into contact so my question to you peter is is the steven identity that mark specter created a did he create that to protect layla from conchu because it has been mentioned in this episode that Conchu would like to replace Mark after this mission with Layla. We'll get into whether that's real, but first off, is the Steven identity a way to protect Layla? So it was interesting, it was interesting to pose that question, because up till now I was merely thinking that it was a variant. Mm-hmm. That was my initial thought process going into this, as opposed to... But I mean, I think it's... It's an interesting possibility. There are certainly moments where when he... Ta- when Steven talks to Layla, like the knowing the poem, knowing, mm-hmm. you know, that they had those certain moments of connection, that it is almost like, it's almost like that old movie, um, I know it was remade, um, The Nutty Professor. You know, he's got, it's, mm-hmm. it's in a sense, he is both people, but like you said, it's one is in order to protect her. But at the same time, he doesn't fully have control of why mm. Stephen is out and Mark was in. Because as we see, he, Mark does not want to be in the reflection. Yeah, he wants spirit. to be in control. Yes. So I think that's an interesting point. Does So I think um, Khonshu, this is just a theory, but Khonshu, like how he wants to replace Mark with Layla, I think that he actually doesn't. And he's just holding that over Mark to have him accomplish the mission. That would be my uh, theory, I guess, because clearly Conchu's a bad god. Like this dude sucks, right? I mean, yes, but also, I mean, it's, it's I go back and forth because he's better than Amit, I guess. But true, and that aspect he is, <laughs> but he's still also he's got his own, he's got a flawed perspective of dealing with things. And I think again, it's just it's, it's interesting to see how Marvel is able to blend in. Egyptian lore into the MCU. Previously, we had just done like Greek, um, you know, and like Eternals and Thor and all of them. There, that mythology weaved in. Now we're weaving in more mythology, and in a sense, and again, they're doing Venom in a way better than Venom did Venom. Well, yeah, they're gonna do that for sure. I can guarantee that. Um, So another thing that we learn about in this episode is that Arthur Harrow was a former avatar for Khonshu. Does this mean he was the Moon Knight? Or does everyone, when they are the avatar of Khonshu, based on your personality, do you create some sort of different persona? Because Mark creates Moon Knight, Stephen creates Mr. Knight. So is Arthur Harrow like something else? Like, what's your take on that? So my, honestly, my initial take was that he was lying. Ooh, I did okay. not think that he was being authentic in it because it didn't it it rang it rang more like he wanted to be Moon Knight, but he never got the opportunity to be him, which is why mm. he's with Amit. That's kind of how Jealousy. I saw it. Yeah, I didn't see okay. it as like he lost the t- the role and like like that to me just didn't it didn't jive with the overall mythology. I mean, if it is going to be that case, I'm sure it'll make more sense. But for me, in that moment. I did not buy that he was telling the truth. I thought it was more part of the smoke and mirrors cult 
let me show you my world that I have here type of vibes mm -hmm. to gain and your so, trust. Yeah, and let's set a little backstory here in the episode because Mark or uh, Stephen goes to Mark's locker and basically discovers the identity of Mark Spector, the guns, the money, all this stuff, which all of this leads him to be getting um, essentially arrested by what we think are police officers. And they might be police officers, but they are in Arthur Harrow's cult. So I think they actually are police officers, but Arthur Harrow has such a like wide control, I guess, of this area that it could be like influencing all aspects of society. And another thing I want to quickly say is it might people like might be like, well, why are all these people following Arthur Harrow? Like he's crazy. Like what is the the lure of this cult? Well, in this universe, half the people just disappeared away and then came back. And then a giant like alien head sprouted out of the ocean 10 times larger than Mount Everest. So maybe people are looking for something to believe in after all that shit's going on. So I see the I could see how he has the lure, because if you're a regular person in this on Earth, you're like, what in the heck is going on? You have to be. I have to say, first of all, I'm glad you acknowledged Eternals. Now, it's always a bright moment for me. Um, I think that's a great point to the fact that the, there it is a world that is post snap. It is post TMA. You know, yeah, it is all, post all these things. And at the same time, you have these people, you have other groups that we've seen, like the Flag Smashers that sprung out out of this situation. And, Why? you know, I do, you know, I almost didn't mention them. I didn't mention the show earlier. And then right now, it just organically okay. makes sense well, yeah, to recognize it. Allowed. But, you know, I also, God, what's my point that was going with this? Uh, the, the New World Order type thing. Like, yeah, right? so I think people are trying to, they're trying to grasp the name. Well, we have Feast, you know, that is a better option for people. It's not a cult, but until to that point, Martin Lee takes it over and it is a cult, Mr. Negative, boom. But we're not there yet. All right, sorry. Stay present. Um, <laughs> but I will say, I think, I don't know if it's that, that, that I'm just so hyper aware, but like the minute he got picked up by the police officers, I knew things were going to be bad. Like I was like, I don't trust these people. Like I've seen too many shows. Yeah. Too many things that like you guys are going to be the dudes with the scales. And, you know, so I was like, I was not surprised that they did that to him and took it. But also again, that locker sequence was just genius. Yeah, just the way it played out and just and again the cinematography is just i'm like i lose my shit over it every single time the reflections and the flip uh. the way they're using conchu too is so creepy and cool um yeah they're just killing it on all aspects of this show um so those quote-unquote police officers but members of arthur harrow's cult um bring mark to harrow and they actually eavesdrop in with the walkie-talkie in the car to hear Stephen and Mark talking to each other to try to get a better understanding of who the Stephen Grant character is. They're trying Arthur Harris trying to figure out what the hell's going on here. And he he does pretty much. He figures it all out. He knows that it's Stephen Grant, Mark Spector, and Conchu. And he then tells us, like we mentioned earlier, how he used to be an avatar. And he begins to talk to uh Stephen slash Mark about um Amit. And this like cult they're in and what the purpose of it is, right? Like he gives him a tour, talks about how it used to be a really bad neighborhood. And now all the doors are unlocked. He talks about how good these tomatoes are. Very bad dude things he's doing, like the way he's doing it. Like he's doing nice stuff, but you can tell it's all an act. And he's really a bad dude. We'll get to that at the end of the episode. Um, but uh, what I thought was great was in this introduction and tour you finally get Stephen Grant being like questioning Harrow's philosophy, like basically saying you're going to kill children before they've done something like what? What you believe in that? How could someone believe in that? And um, I like that they use Stephen to poke holes in this. And it didn't seem to sway anyone who was there, which is concerning. Um, but I do like the way that Stephen combats Harrow what was your thoughts on that scene because it's not the Mark Harrow it's finally Steven in a way sticking up for himself right no totally and I think it showed 
the nuance to the character because he tells them, I believe it's in this scene too, that Khonshu picked him because he was broken. And he, and he kind of, and again, he stands up for himself. He's like, I'm not broken. I just, I just need help. And I think that's such a testament to, again, how much more, I think that's a double whatever, but grounded these shows are uh-huh. post, like it's like WandaVision, like we're really dealing with issues that people, normal people can attach themselves to and relate to in a grander scale than we used to do in the MCU. And in a way that still rings authentic. So when you have someone like Steven here go through these emotions and you're able to see it on screen, see him play it out, see him question and challenge the philosophy of Amit and just kind of really highlight why that does not work. Because again, people have made the argument in like in real life about like, you know, what if you've gone back and like killed Hitler? Isn't that in one of the, that's in, that's an end game when they mention before the time travel going to kill the, it's in Deadpool too. So it's, It's, again, touching on things that people actually have conversations about and showing here, like, again, how this cult can take over and happen because it makes all these things seem okay that are not okay, but no one's really asking those questions. But because he is this really smart dude who just has, you know, he needs mental help, mental health help to deal with things and, you know, be braver and get into his own skin. So I think it was such a fascinating way of seeing that character growth. From being mm-hmm. in the car, just questioning him in the at the table. Yeah, I, I, that's a great point. And we finally learn in this episode, be like, what the golden scarab is all about. It's a a compass to Amit's tomb, which apparently, if you get to Amit's tomb, you can free her. Um, probably with that cane and the magic that is on it that Arthur Harrow has. Um, but also in this moment, we get. Uh, Steven's like saying he doesn't have it. Layla shows up with it for some reason. Probably should have left that somewhere else and showed up. But again, whatever. Um, And we develop, we get this whole scene now, Peter, of Mark and Layla are in trouble. They're trying to get out. And Arthur Harrow summons a jackal from the underworld with his uh, cane that has the powers of Amit, right? And so then we have this jackal going after uh, Steven slash Mark and Layla. But the thing we need to remember, folks, is and we saw this earlier in the episode when they recapped uh, what happened at the end of episode one in the museum. Only Steven can see these monsters. No one else can. So it looks like he's fighting air. But it does turn into a great great combat we'll get into that but peter what do you think about the how it's only steven who can see it and why can only steven see it could the followers of harrow see it or is it just steven who sees it i think it's it's a, it, because it's i guess tethered to amit and i think it would be essentially to kanju as well that's why they're able to sort of see it in that regard and maybe it's it is chaos a, you just took him? the words right out of oh, my i'm mouth. so sorry i'm sorry just stole my well i guess he didn't steal my moment he completed my moment that's what's happening now we just finished each other's sentences on the show no but um, expand on that expand on that so it's like again it's like because it exists it's like when wanda created things within the hex you know like the kids they're there but they can't exist outside of the hex so because Ooh. he did the ground situation and like opened up the thing to come out the jackal is able to be seen by him because they have a connection to that same magic if it is magic that we're using here or whatever substance situation it is that it is but i will say because it it can't be a perfect show i'm so i guess i'm a little tired of seeing this type of monster situation looking thing i mean we see it in stranger things we saw it in the scooby-doo movie we see it a lot of upside down yeah this just looking thing and i was just like can we come up with something new looking? I mean, that's all. That was just my side a little. Hopefully the, the show develops into that. But what I, I didn't think about one thing you said. You mentioned Wanda. Peter, do you think Wanda and Doctor Strange could see the Jackal? Because I do. I think Wanda and Doctor Strange. I think Eternals could see the, the, the Jackal as well. Interesting. I like which that. I, which actually the end of the episode makes me wonder if we will see any Eternals. Are the Eternals hanging out in modern-day Egypt, though? They could be. 
I guess. Um, that would be interesting. I, I don't think they're going to tie it into any MCU projects, but they could so easily tie this into Eternals or Thor 4, in my opinion, with Null or... Uh, with uh, what's Gore the God Butcher killing all the gods? So maybe you apply that Shows to Conchu type thing or Amit. Yeah. Um. Okay. In this fight, Peter, we finally get the appearance of Mister Knight, and so it's uh, Stephen is trying to suit up, flame on, a lot of Johnny Storm, Chris Evans vibes actually. If I'm being honest with the way he was trying to suit up, um. Also, a little Barney Stinson vibes from How I Met Your Mother saying suit up. But we finally get uh, Steven's transformation. And he doesn't transfer into Moon Knight. He transfers into Mr. Knight because that's what he thought of when she said suit, which I think it's funny because you're going into, like, the psyche of Steven a little bit. I thought it looked great. I like that he's not kicking ass right away as Mr. Knight. He's clearly stronger because he punches the jackal, bends the fender. Um I'm a big fan of how they could evolve Mr. Knight and make uh, this Steven character maybe a little more badass. Uh, your thoughts? I loved I, all the things you just said. You know, it was so cool to see him, you know, and then he's falling and then how he does the superhero landing, the pose, which is synonymous with every hero, but he tips over. God, it was so good. That, that was, was so good. Maybe one of the best parts of the episode, just because it was like, again, this is not your typical Dude, and he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, you know? Mm. And I don't think we've really seen much of that other than, like, Kate, but she was young. Um, early Spider-Man when he was trying to figure Iron out. Iron Man. Like, true. One with the tag. Yeah. There are a ton of Iron Man 1 vibes in this show. And it's like, I can't really explain exactly what it is, but I just feel it. And I know you do, too. So No, and it's just side tangent because it just reminded me. It's just like, can you imagine... If Iron Man 1 were to come out in this post-everything Disney era, like, the abilities of what they could do with it, like, just how insane they could create things. Okay, I, I think about Strange, that. Strange, that asshole Stephen Strange. There's probably another way that they could have saved the universe without having to kill Tony, you loser. Back My God. up a lot of things, let's be honest. Fucking idiot. He ruined Peter's relationships. He killed Tony. I'm still not over that. Even though I think it was very powerful that he died. And I guess, I don't know. Every time we think about Iron Man on any of these shows, I just wish he was still around. He's still like the, just, he's, RDJ as Iron Man is just perfect. I, I, I miss it a lot. And if he's going to come back in Secret Wars, that can't come soon enough, soon enough. And I know that's a huge tangent, but I just miss the guy. I mean, I echo all those thoughts. And to bring it back, the suit. I thought the suit was dope. I thought it was, again, when he, when he, when he, again, it shows growth when he was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. Like he was going to take on the jackal and he's hyping himself up. He's doing the whole fight, like, sting like a bee, the whole fighting yeah. situation. I love that. Like, and again, if this is, this works because of how great Oscar Isaac is. Like he's able yeah, to play we gotta talk about that. Mark it's and Steven in, on a way that's like, we haven't seen a male actor do this type of work in the MCU, I don't think, to the level that we have right now. Yeah, because Wanda him, would be the only example. Who, where you were able to, where they switch so many emotions. And granted, Loki, one part. kind of close, but not fully. Yeah, and, he, and the fact that he is interacting off of himself, too, is like... That's insane. Like, how do you do that? That's just... like. Think about those scenes, like when they're shooting that. It's literally him talking to himself in a fucking mirror, and they're and switching mind blown. Accents. Switching accents, and then, like I guess we'll talk about this. We see in this episode finally that uh, Stephen in the like being trapped in the mirror or whatever, and the way he portrays Stephen trapped in the mirror compared to Mark, it's unbelievable. There's he's playing like eight different characters. And I would not rule it out, Peter, if we find some more Moon Knight personalities in this season. It, I wouldn't rule that out at all. Well, and to, to speak further on that point, it, I think, I mean, I said this with WandaVision, and, I'm probably, and I say it here too, I think if there was ever a show to be recognized for its, like, in the awards of it all, I think this could, I mean, it is on the list for um, potential Emmy nominations already. 
I've seen it on a couple of lists. I mean, but again, you, it would be, we don't live in a world where we would see Oscar Isaac win a Best Actor Limited Series Emmy because it's a superhero show. Just like we would, we, I could argue that Elizabeth Olsen is going to turn in an Oscar-worthy performance in Doctor Strange 2. She won't too. get any credit. But it's not going to get credit because it's not any, it's not, the only thing that gets credit is Avatar, which makes no sense to me how if you're a blue character, that Black can be Panther. considered. I mean, yes, Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings feels more realistic because it's middle tangents, sorry. Um, I, I think it's a suit. crime. Um, Tony St- or Robert Downey Jr. didn't get nominated for something. You could, I would have nominated him for all of the Iron Mans. I think, I think you could have nominated him for Infinity to. War or Endgame. He pulled. He didn't. He specifically, from what I heard, did not want to be recognized by or nominated or campaign. Bullshit, probably. So yeah. you know, um, it's a, interesting. It's a bummer. But again, I think it would be. It's going to be cool to see the way. Mr. Knight and Moon Knight kind of sort of fuse together, I think, is what's going to happen going forward. And it is going to be that combination of where it's both as one, similar to, I guess, Venom and Shazam. And I think that's all that we've seen where it's like that kind of yeah stuff. Um, another <clears throat> thing I thought was cool in this episode, when we're talking about the character of Kanchu. So at the end... We get this disagreement between Conchu and Mark because Harrow gets the, the scarab, right? And so they need to go to Egypt to stop him. And Mark's like promising that he can get it done. And what kept jumping out to me, <clears throat> and I swear to God, I thought this when I was watching it. And then I listened to a couple podcasts and a couple other people said this too. But I swear to God, this was an original thought. Conchu is freaking Darth Vadering Mark. Talk like how Darth Vader was like t- telling Luke Skywalker about how he would, your sister. Oh, I'll train your sister if you don't help. It's like the exact thing. And that's like, I guess, an aspect of Darth Vader's character that I sometimes forget about, which is it's unbelievably like villainous that when moved by Darth Vader when he does it. And I think Kanchu is pulling it off in a very similar way. And I, I like it and I can't help but see that connection. That's an interesting thing to, to, to compare Darth Vader's gaslighting to Conchu's gas. Yeah, it is. A, it's a gaslighting of of them, because, and they are trying to... And you could argue, in a sense, it's... I guess it's similar to Peter's desire to constantly save everybody. Like, you're dangling this motivation to do... and you're And you're showing... That even though Mark's done some shitty things at his core, he is a good person because he cares about somebody else. He's yeah. only doing this because he That's cares. Important. He's not a selfish person who's doing this because he wants to do it. And I think there's definitely more to, as um, I think it's Arthur that mentions how there's this execution-style killing of archaeologists that takes place that Mark is responsible for, according to, I just said it, um, Arthur. Yeah. And so, I, again, I don't think that that's fully true. And I think we're going to get no a flashback way. to that, I think, is what's going to happen in a sense I'd, because of it. I would bet a million dollars that Arthur Harrow is the one that is responsible for those killings. I'm starting to get the theory that Mark Spector, Layla, Arthur Harrow were a group together and they went on this archaeology expedition and fucking uh arthur harrow double crossed them which led to mark getting basically on the brink of death and then layla somehow escapes maybe we figure that out but and that's in that process that's the same time when amit and uh arthur harrow link it could be like right after he basically kills mark specter betrays him and that's when conchu resurrects him to that to, to to add to or look at this is what it, what if Mark is physically dead in a sense, which is why he's in the Stephen's body. Stephen's body mirror situation because the only thing that brings that to mind is because there's that new Doctor Strange clip which shows Wanda looking at herself with the kids. Yeah, I just don't think this is multiversal. I so think they're really playing it, into the mental health aspect rather than it be a so variant. Then, I don't know. Though. 
I think it's a very interesting how they're going to take this because it can go so many different ways. Because a lot of what Mark said makes it implies that he's not necessarily alive. I mean, but you could take it a couple of ways. Like when he says, um, once we finish this, Stephen, you'll never see me again. Okay, we could assume that means like Mark will disappear. Mark's dead. Or that could mean Mark will fully take over and Stephen will never see him again. Stephen will be gone. Or they'll both die. <laughs> like, I don't know. Oscar Isaac hasn't signed on for anything after this. Allegedly. This all... yeah, allegedly, that's true. I think he has, but let's say he hasn't. Um, this could all be taking place in his mind. And this could be a whole side story of the MCU of a crazy person who thought he was a superhero. Well, another thing that adds to the fact that this could be just be one person who's experiencing the dissociative identity disorder if i'm saying it correctly is because when he mentions to layla that he talked to his mom she said oh you guys are talking again which hints that mark has a relationship with his mom Mm -hmm. that you know steven also has and so maybe the mom's not dead like we had that we had that thought potentially she could be dead but maybe she's not but again just talking about this stuff as i'm hearing us and myself say these things it just takes us back to the same level of scrutiny, but different to the level of scrutiny that we did with WandaVision. Yeah, absolutely. That's the key. That's the key to these types of series. Look at Stranger Things, look at Game of Thrones. Like it's all stuff that keeps you hung on with the mystery and you analyze all the conversations and everything. And you're not sure what's going on because you don't always have a reliable narrator. And I think that's really effective this Moon Knight show because Steven's not a reliable narrator. Mark's not a reliable narrator. Conchu's not a reliable narrator. Arthur Harrow certainly isn't a reliable narrator. I, who knows? Like you, this, A lot of everything that's been said in this show could be total BS that either these people believe or they're trying to trick people to believe, you know? Yeah, and, and, and again, it goes back to this only six episodes for this thing. So yeah. we are it's, a third of the way through. Um, I'm I'm going to remain confident. Like six episodes, yeah, it seems short. But we, we're getting so I bet you we get like hour long episodes at the end. And I'm trying to go with this approach. Like not everything needs to be Infinity War. And um, so they don't need to make this giant. This could be more of a grounded story. And you could probably do that in six episodes. Uh. Jesus Christ. Can you hear it? My air conditioning just went on, folks. So if you hear it, I'll try to cut this from the edit. But Peter, can you hear it? No. Wow. That's crazy if you guys can't hear it. But you probably can. So I'll cut it out if you can hear it. Uh, God damn. All right. Let's keep going. Sorry. Um, Full Moon Knight. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Just mouth open. Oh, my God. This is unbelievable. We'll hope to see much, much more of this. Um, and it and just then, looks like, sorry going, to interrupt, sorry. but this looks comic book accurate as he's jumping through the sky and running and everything it just feels similar to how accurate at the end of no way home spider-man swinging through the streets of new york like it had that groundedness without feeling yeah i would also throw in batman i'd throw in kate and clint and hawkeye the new costumes awesome then i'd also throw in the uh sam captain america falcon with the wings they're on fire with their uh what is it? Their costumes, dressing? I don't know. Costumes. That's costumes. There we go. Um, they're they're doing really well with that. Uh, um, so the episode ends in Egypt. I think we're we're supposed to assume it's Mark, because his hands all bloody and he's drinking. And Stephen doesn't strike me as someone who could drink like Jack Daniels straight out of a bottle. Um, and Stephen's act- and the guy in the mirror, which is supposedly Stephen, has got like a blanket over himself and is like sitting very reserved very like within Mm -hmm. himself so the episode three in my opinion is going let's move to that i think we're gonna get the full uh, i don't want to say full backstory i think we're gonna find out a lot more about because we're in egypt of the quote-unquote like the dig where they killed all those people i really think we're going to learn a lot about that because if i'm being honest i don't think in episode three we're at Amit's tomb and i feel like that's an end of the season thing again i could be wrong but um i expect episode three 
to be a good mix of updating us on what Mark and Steven are going to do now and how they got here, including uh, Layla and Arthur Harrow's character. Because I do think we need to see some more development of Layla and Mark, what they were like working together. Because we don't really get, we don't even get to see them interact in this episode. He turns into Moon Knight and then goes on his way. They don't like, Mark doesn't get to talk to Layla. So, and she doesn't, does she know he went to Egypt? I mean, she could maybe assume because this, I don't know. I don't know. There's definitely, it's the midpoint of the season. And I guess when we reach the midpoint, the midpoint episode of Loki was the void. Right? Yeah. Or was it Finding Sylvie? I don't know. I'm so bad at remembering what was in what episode. And I feel like it's funny because we talk about the middle of the Yeah, episode. and you're the only one that can always remember. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. Um, I'm sure you can edit and slow it down so that it's much more streamlined. So at the in the middle of WandaVision was Pietro oh. recast. Oh, okay. And then then wasn't that around when Agatha like was in the car and Vision saw her, maybe? I that was the episode after. Okay. But um Loki was you know, this is just how it goes. We need we need to have like post-it notes to say this was the middle of so Loki was only six episodes, actually, fun fact. Hmm. Episode um, three of Loki was when they arrived to go to um, the get when they got the temp pad. They go to the planet that's about to die. Well, he meets Sylvie. Okay. They go okay. on the train. Yeah, that's a good episode. That's so, a good. Episode. I mean, there's precedent for for episode, middle episodes being solid. Um, Hawkeye was also six episodes. Why do I act think like six episodes is like a short amount of time? But again, because WandaVision. WandaVision was like eight, right? Yeah, nine. And, actually, and I think so, every other series we've ever watched is like ten. So the Marvel, they just do them shorter. Like they call Stranger Things. There's a ton. And episode three of Hawkeye was the when they are interrogated by um, about Ronan. Okay. So, I mean, there's def- this episode will definitely set the ground, will give us more and set the ground for what could potentially come down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, we're certainly in a great place with this show. I think it's going to end up being the best Disney Plus show. I, I feel pretty confident about that. Um, and that is not, I, I mean, WandaVision and Loki are amazing, and I have them right there, but I this show has what it takes for me personally to probably be my favorite. So I hope that we continue down this great path. Oscar Isaac, I mean, the only person you can put ahead of him in phase four of the MCU is Wanda and Tom Holland so far. With their, like, I'm, that's off the top of my head. I think that Wanda's performance of WandaVision, obviously unbelievable. Tom Holland, I think looking back on it we didn't or i didn't give him enough credit for how freaking good he was in no way home with the emotions of losing may and the anger and all that stuff because we were so excited to see toby and andrew uh which was great but to me oscar isaac i'd slot him at three of what he can pull off of in terms of best coolest best performances in phase four with loki and sylvie behind him maybe yeah I think that's pretty pretty solid. And I mean, we haven't gotten No Way Home yet. So, I mean, and if you think about it, Benedict Cumberbatch hasn't really had the opportunity to really flex his abilities much in the MCU from, because he's basically been cameos in certain movies. He hasn't, we haven't seen his full movie since Doctor Strange 1. Mm-hmm. They have so much turned him into Iron Man. This is a random thought, but like, he is Iron Man, Doctor Strange. And the thing is, like, the main dude in the MCU. And when you're the main dude in the MCU, like Iron Man, you create some of your own problems. And we're seeing Doctor Strange go through that same exact thing. Because in a sense, Cap was never as main as Iron Man was. Not Cap at all. Cap was always a side to 
excuse me, Iron Man. And so here with Doctor Strange, you have his own supporting characters and everyone that's going to be around him. And the future is is bright for what, or it's very, it's full of possibilities for where they can go with this character. But again, the ending of this next movie is going to be so, we haven't had an ending that's going to be as, I guess, well, no. I guess we haven't had an ending that's going to be as impactful as Way Home. No Way Home was. But this is what's following No Way Home. So technically, they're just back-to-back impactfulness. Mm-hmm. But, like, in the sense of the MCU connected people, because now Spider-Man is not necessarily connected to them as much, mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. an ending that's going to do potentially what the Infinity Stones teases began to do. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I would agree with that. Um, <clears throat> wrapping up on episode 160, any other things that you'd want to mention from Moon Knight or in general before we wrap up? <clears throat> in general, I think we should have a moment to discuss some of, to discuss briefly the, the what we'd, we'd be remiss not to discuss the chaos that is happening oh. over. Yeah, Ezra Miller, fire him. Fire him yesterday. I don't understand how he's still, he's like he's just a trash of a human being. What the so fuck? I saw a, a rumor <laughs> that I was actually hyped about because it was rumor. It's rumored that Sam Claflin would take over the role. Good. And I'm glad you know who that is. Don't. But he was the CW Flash, right? Actually, no. Uh, the shit. CW Flash, which was great casting, great <clears throat> casting, solid job. Sam Cla- is um the. Did you watch the Hunger Games? A long time ago. The character or Finnick in Catching I just Fire. know like Josh Hutchison and the, Anyways, the it would be great person. casting and potentially help this movie to help the situation. But it's wild to me that this situation is still happening and it hasn't been resolved. Like and the and the fact that like, you know, you shared in the earlier, like there's articles that like behavior has been other bad behavior and it's tolerated and gone through. It's like, why is no one steering the ship? But maybe now that Discovery is acquiring, he's got to fire through. that dude so fast. I also hate him for uh, he's like a douchebag for many reasons of what he's done, like off screen and stuff. He his character in the I know you don't watch Harry Potter, but they did the Fantastic Beast trilogy, which is awful. It's so bad, and his character is the single worst part about it, and. I I think everything that dude does sucks. I really do. I think I think he's a really bad Flash. Like I like him. I know that was Snyder fans that just dominate that gave that the Oscar for best moment. And shout out to them because I kind of like that craziness. Um, but he sucks. He is by far when you look at that movie, all the actors in it: Gal Gadot, Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Ray Ray Fisher. Donovan Fisher. Yeah, Fisher. Ray Fisher, uh, Jason Momoa, all way better and all pretty damn good castings, if you ask me. He's not a good Flash. And everything about that character, he is the single worst part about all the Snyder movies that are with some bad stuff. He is terrible. And I would use this moment to recast him and restore the Snyderverse. Do it. Restore it. Did you drop the pen? Restore it. I did drop the pen, but from a lower uh, altitude this time, so it didn't go through the screen. Well, to another pivoting off of that, um, I was going to see Morbius this past weekend. I decided that I would rather take some rest and not go see it because the more I read about the disaster that it was, the more I read about how the post-credit scenes they didn't even consult Kevin and Marvel, which to me is like what. And and just it just and also it really bothers me that other creators, a lot of creators, sort of sell out to promote a movie like Morbius and be like, "This is such a great movie. We're so hyped!" And it's like, no Sony one sucks. is hyped for this movie. Sony is. What's very impressive of what Marvel has done is they've created this universe, obviously, without the X Men, Fantastic Four, but for the most part, they've done it without the best Spider-Man villains until no way home. Like they had, yeah, they had Morbius or no, they had a vulture and Mysterio, 
that was very cool. But Marvel doesn't have the rights to really play with the toys in that like sandbox. Only Sony kind of dictates it. And they're just butchering some of the, the best villain gallery in all of superhero stuff. Spider-Man has the best villains by far. And they butchered Venom. They butchered Carnage. They butchered Morbius. They're going to butcher Kraven. All of them. Great characters. That should work. And it's just, they're going to, Madam Web, my God. That's going to be so bad. I, I, we're going to be optimistic. We're going to be optimistic. Be so bad. They've got a strong I, cast. We're going to be optimistic. You have a strong cast. Tom Hardy's a good actor. Jared Leto's a good actor. Okay, maybe I, mean, and I shouldn't be as optimistic now that you point that out because that's a good point. They are. But who knows? Maybe, in a sense, in order Andrew Garfield to... is a good actor. Ah, they're going to screw him again, Peter. No, here's the thing. I think that they will make another agreement to let Kevin and Marvel play, do Tom Holland right. And then by doing that, they're going to lend Sony whatever it is to help them. And they'll let them do Amazing Spider-Man 3. And the, you've seen the rumors of Toby and Sam Spider-Man 4. They'll let those happen with the consensus that we can still have this great one over here. Yeah, they just better not make those terrible. Which is my worry, because everything they do is crap. Sony has not released a good movie ever. Since Spider-Man 2, or Amazing Spider-Man, and they even fucked that up one as much as they could. Um, it's wild. It's wild. It's wild how bad they are. Um, anyway, Tiger Woods is even right now. Come on, Tiger. We need you. We need you, Tiger. We need you. Someone's six under? Jesus Christ. Um, Peter, any final thoughts? My final thoughts. Um, I'm excited for what's next with Moon Knight. I think it's going to go somewhere. It's going to continue to just exceed our expectations. I am very excited for Doctor Strange 2 to come out very soon. And um, I'm ex it feels good to be a fan of content in this oh, yeah. season that we're going into and we're just going to keep rolling you know we've got next month we've got stranger things then we've got kenobi and we're just it's just going to keep going and yep. it's, it's, it's a lot end. to come and oh i guess another positive note to tease is that anthony mackie is commenting how black panther is done so are we going to see captain america in black panther too they're going to do whatever they can to save that movie everyone's going to be in that movie yeah they're going to um yeah i agree with you on the sentiment of all the good things to come um one last thing i will say is the lego star wars game is out and it's unfucking real good my god i beat all the prequels yesterday it was a great time um so peter you'll have to try it one day um maybe we do a, a stream from the pineapple couch headquarters in san clemente of some lego star wars that would be quite fun um thank you to everyone for listening share it with friends um, if you ever want to join and ask Peter and I questions, be the third, why not? We'd entertain it. Uh, let us know. We're going to be doing this weekly like we always do. I should be back early next week with a NBA podcast with Alex Canner, breaking down the upcoming NBA playoff matchups and all that sort of stuff. So that should be good. Look forward to that. Um, go Tiger Woods. Peter, you're the man. Thank you so much for joining. Um, listeners, God bless. Have a great weekend. And uh, go Tiger. See ya.